This broadcast is a presentation of Kingdom Impact Ministry and is made possible by the grace of God, faithful prayers, and gifts from partners and viewers like you. friend and welcome back to week two in our series the Holy Spirit today's message is the meaning of Pentecost we're going to talk about the meaning of Pentecost again let's go back to our key scripture uh, Acts 19 verse 1 and 2 while Apollos was at Corinth Paul took the road through the interior he took a shortcut and arrived at Ephesus there he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, many people don't know the Holy Spirit. Or they don't know what the Holy Spirit will do for them. So people perish for lack of knowledge. And people miss out on God and all that God has because they haven't really known Many people know God the Father, they know Jesus Christ, but not many people know the Holy Spirit. So that's our desire. So if you haven't watched part one, go back and watch part one and then come back to this because part one, we laid the foundation of the nature of the Spirit. So let's look at the Jewish holidays fulfilled. Okay, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law. Or the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Okay, Jesus did not come to abolish the law, to, to stop it. He came to fulfill it. And so let's look through these three different uh, holidays and see what did Jesus do and what is he still doing. Okay, first the Passover. The Passover represents salvation. Little backstory. You remember in the book of Exodus when the children of Israel were in Egypt that there came the time through the plagues, the, th the, the last plague, the tenth plague, that every firstborn male child had to die. So in order for God to save the Israelites in Goshen, they had to go slay a blameless you know, lamb and take the blood, which is symbolic of the blood of Jesus, and sprinkle it or put it, smear it on the front 
doorpost of the doors and then when the angel of death was going through when he saw the blood he passed them over that's the idea that's what happened okay and so we see jesus fulfilling you know this holiday when it comes so he's not abolishing it but he's fulfilling it okay because now we see in in the old testament what was a type or a shadow now we see the fulfillment of it in the new testament in first corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 for christ is our passover lamb now we don't have to take the animals and slaughter because christ is our passover lamb that has been sacrificed you see the law and the prophets as i'm going to show you here is being fulfilled in the work of jesus when jesus comes he's fulfilling it okay so we see that jesus is our passover lamb okay he's our savior his blood does not cover our sin washes our sin ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and if this is not from yourselves it is a gift of god not by works so that no one can boast you have been saved you remember in the old testament the blood of the blameless lamb that was put on the doorpost saved them okay when the angel of death saw the blood he passed them over today the blood of jesus that was shed at calvary saves us okay but now because he became our passover lamb he died in our name and in our place and his precious blood now does not only cover our sin but washes them away brings us the freedom the, the protection the deliverance from the enemy we are covered in the blood of Jesus we are hidden in the blood of Jesus in the that's why we talk a lot about this power in the blood precious friend there is so much power in the blood of Jesus as a matter of fact you know in my book catch and release God's supernatural I call it it's like the, the greatest of them all the keys of the kingdom the blood of Jesus is the greatest of them all you know there is a story in there that I share when God met me when I, I think it was the first time I had, I, I heard the, the audible voice of God, and I, I looked, and I, I, I mean, I, there was nobody in the room. I was in a secluded place by myself, fasting and praying, and I, I heard, you know, the voice of God, which I knew later that it was the voice of God calling me by my name and asking me, Andrew, three times, Andrew, do you know what the devil fears the most? And I thought the devil fears the name of Jesus, and he said, yes, but do you know what he fears the most? And I went through, you know, the word, the Holy Spirit. And he said, yeah, he fears them. But what does he fear the most? He fears the blood. Because it's everything else works on the basis of the blood. As a matter of fact, we are talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works on the basis of the blood. You know, First John chapter 5, verse 7 and 8, he says, There are three witnesses in heaven, is the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. On earth is the Spirit, the water, and the blood. All those three agree as one. If you're going to see the work of the Word and of the Holy Spirit, 
you better have the blood of Jesus. That's how crucial, that's how powerful. And Jesus has shed his blood. He became our Passover lamb and shed his blood in our name and in our place so that we can have access. Dear friend, I don't know how many demons have cast out people, how many you know, battles with war, you know, witches and warlocks have, over, uh, have overcome because of the power of the blood, how many you know, lives have been changed, how many shrines or, you know, that have, have burned down you know, and they have repented and confessed Christ because of the blood of Jesus. And yet in a few, you know, just a few moments be before, you know, they wanted to kill me. They're giving me ultimatums. And all of a sudden, I apply the blood of Jesus. And all of a sudden, all the snakes and all their voodoo and all their stuffs like falls dead to the ground. Who, mighty God. I feel the anointing right now. The power of the blood of Jesus. You see, remember, dear friend, Jesus is our Passover lamb. And with his blood, he has purchased us. You and I are saved, not because on the basis of trying to be good people or good Christians. No. It's on the basis of the blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary's cross. When we accept what Jesus did, then we can receive the blessings of God. And that is including the gift, the work, the power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The second holiday that was fulfilled is Pentecost. You see, in Pentecost, we are given power to make a difference. You see, if Pentecost, sometimes we complicate things, but Pentecost is just a day. It was just a holiday. We're going to read it here. It's just a day. And it's 50 days after the resurrection. So they were celebrating. It was 50 days to the celebration uh, of Pentecost, which was, um, and on that day, as they were gathered in one room, in one place, 50 days after resurrection, you know, we see that the, the Holy Spirit, okay, this, what, which was a celebration, which they had done, you know, for the giving of the Ten Commandments. Now, Jesus comes on the day of Pentecost. He's not only just uh, giving, you know, tablets that they're going to try, you know, laws and rules that they're going to try to fulfill on their own, but he's going to write those laws, the Word of God, on their hearts. You see, today he's, he's not just giving us tablets and uh, uh, tablets of rules. He's giving us his law. He's giving us his word. And he's writing it on our hearts. Okay. So, Acts 1, verse 3 to 5. Let's read. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father, my father promised, which you have heard of me speak about. For John, the, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He had appeared to them over 40 days. Okay? So now, I'm assuming that this is just a few days before, you know, before the Holy Spirit, before Pentecost. You know, because he, he had, 
appeared to them and he talked about the kingdom of God. Now he tells them, now I want you to go because he knew that, you know, the day is coming near for him to fulfill, you know, this holiday, this festival. Okay, which, remember again, he did not come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Okay, and so this part, we see he's fulfilling it. He's like, yeah, you've been celebrating, you know, the, the giving of the Ten Commandments that were given on, on stone tablets that no man could actually keep because it was just words written on stone. Now I'm coming. And because of my Holy Spirit, who is going to indwell you and be in union with you, is going to write my law, is going to write my word on your hearts. And he's not only going to do that, but he's going to give you the power to be able to fulfill it. He's going to give you the power to be able to live what I command you to do. Okay. Let's read Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Actually, before we read that, let's read Acts 1, 8. He says, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Okay. He gives them the promise that they're going to receive power. He's going to re fulfill this festival, this law. He's going to fulfill it and give them the power to live it out. The power. Because now this law is being written upon their hearts. No longer on tablets and stones, but on their very hearts and on their minds. Acts 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost, again, remember, we're talking about the meaning of Pentecost. Pentecost is just a day. I know we have gone as far as, you know, creating denominations and all kinds of labels and whatever, but Pentecost is just a day. It was a day that they celebrated. On that day, the day of Pentecost had fully come, 50 days after resurrection, they were all in one accord, in one place. And suddenly, and suddenly, came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all, say it with me, filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? On the day of Pentecost, it was a day, they were celebrating, they had come together to celebrate this day that they had celebrated every year, 50 days after resurrection. Uh, uh, yeah, 50 days, it was um, 50 days commemorating the giving of the Ten Commandments. So now it was 50 days after his, you know, resurrection. Then in one accord in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so the day of Pentecost is a day of power. Okay, so we don't want to just dwell on the day, but we just want to dwell on what Jesus was doing. You know, he was fulfilling this Jewish holiday, the celebrating of the Ten Commandments. Now, it is God in us, because when the Holy Spirit came, he did not only come to only be with, be with us, but he's also in us. And so he came and fulfilled that. 
and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Greek word, you know, fulfilled, you know, is the same word, you know, be filled in Ephesians, meaning, you know, to have influence over or to take control. So there were, that's why the Holy Spirit had, you know, absolute influence, absolute control and, and possession of them that he began to give them, you know, utterance. He began to move their mouths and their lips and their tongues into a prayer language, into this, you know, I believe it was in a session because they were, they were praying in tongues and others who were around began to hear them, you know, you know, uh, we talk about the blessings of praying in tongues, they began to hear them just magnify God, glorify God, you know, talk mysteries, the wonders of God on that very day. So that's the meaning of Pentecost. The meaning of Pentecost is the day when the Holy Spirit came to the early church and he birthed the early church you can have your own Pentecost, <laughs> so to speak. You know, you can have the experience of the Holy Spirit because He comes, you know, as you open your heart, as you, you know, Jesus came already, He has poured out the Holy Spirit. You don't have to do anything else to receive it. You just got to receive it, as I'm going to show you. You don't have to do anything extra, you, you know, to qualify, really, the first qualification, you got to repent and receive Christ into your life. Now, let's talk about the third one, the tabernacle. Okay, the, the, the third holiday, uh, the tabernacle. This signifies the second coming. This was the celebration of the, the wandering or living in temporary tents or huts. Now, I, I love this because... When God showed me this part of this uh, feast and uh, the, the the feast of tabernacles, you know, they were wandering and they were sojourners and they were wanderers. They had no home and they were living in temporary huts. You know, do you know that we are wanderers? We are sojourners. This is not our home. That we are here temporary. This is temporary here. Hear what the Word of God says. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen to seventeen. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. See? After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. You see, dear friend, we might be accumulating things. We might be worried about, you know, retirements and all the things that, they, you know. But in the, in the greater scheme of things, we are wondrous. And so this is going to be uh, fulfilled when Jesus comes back. But we see here, he didn't come to abolish that, you know, because that was for them to remember the wanderings and living in temporary hearts and tents and today really as we celebrate these you know feasts we are remembering that we are sojourners this is not our home heaven is our home we are here temporarily okay so 
as we do that, then we begin to really detach from, you know, from the world and live more of a heavenly-minded life than a, you know, worldly life or earthly life because we're not going to be here forever, okay? Because we see that, you know, he's going to come back. There's going to be, a, you know, a trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ are going to rise up. And those of us who are alive and remain, you know, will be caught up, depending, you know, when, if he tarries, you know. But if, if, if not, if we, he comes back and we are dead, we, we're going to be, as a matter of fact, raised first. You know, and then we'll meet the Lord Jesus in, in the clouds and we will be forever with him. You see, all these, so this prophecy, Jesus did not come to abolish it. He's actually fulfilling it because now, he shows us the picture of what is coming. And it will be fulfilled when Christ comes. So as we think about, you know, Pentecost, you know, what is the meaning? Because we see when the Holy Spirit came in Acts 2.12, they says um, they were amazed and perplexed. And they asked one another, what does this mean? Well, this is what it means. Really, this is the meaning, the true meaning of Pentecost. Number one, that the Holy Spirit empowers you to live righteously. That's what it means. He comes, Romans 8 verse 9, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes, the meaning of true Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit empowers you and I to live righteously, to live a holy life, to prepare us, to make us red hot for heaven. Because Jesus is coming back and he's coming soon. And you and I need to be ready. Okay? And while we wait, he empowers us to do the will of God on this earth. Okay? So this is really what it means. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21. He says, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Now, this is way, way back, many, many hundreds of years when Isaiah prophesied this. And we see it fulfilled by Jesus when the Holy Spirit comes. Again, remember, he says, I did not come to abolish, I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Now we see he's fulfilled the law in the Passover and in Pentecost, and he's fulfilling now the, pro, you know, the prophets, you know, in, in Isaiah 30, 21, when we look also on the Feast of Tabernacles, we see that he's fulfilling the prophets, the what was prophesied, okay? He says, Where, whether you turn to the right or the left, you'll hear a voice. Whose voice will you hear? It is the voice of the Holy Spirit behind you saying this is the way walk in it the voice of the holy spirit the meaning of pentecost is the holy spirit is here to lead you and guide you that's why the bible calls him he's your guide he's your helper he's your counselor he's your teacher he's going to show you the way he's going to keep you in the right way he's going to keep you in the right path until jesus comes the second meaning of pentecost is that the holy spirit empowers you to live supernaturally. He empowers us. Acts 10 verse 30, 
8 from the New Living Translation. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The same way God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. How was Jesus anointed? Now, let me take a little you know, uh, bunny trail here for a second. Many people think they cannot walk in the power of God because they are not the original disciples. Or they say, oh, well, those were the chosen disciples. Oh, that was Jesus. The Bible shows us the blueprint of how God works, how the disciples were anointed, and how Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus was not anointed based on the basis that he was the Son of God. He had to leave he heaven, came on earth, lived 100% God, but also 100% man in covenant with God. In other words, anything that you and I go through, he went through. He was liable to, to hunger and tiredness and fatigue and even frustration. And, and even, you remember, he turned, turned over the tables. He was frustrated and began to beat them because they were doing the wrong thing. He went through all the emotions and all the things that we all go through, even the pains. But we see here, Luke tells us, the writer of Acts, he tells us how Jesus was anointed. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit. If you and I want to be anointed, we need to look to the Holy Spirit. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. That's how he was. We see the apostles, before the Holy Spirit comes on them, they are just really mere men who love Jesus. And after the Holy Spirit comes on them, now their world changes. As a matter of fact, you know, the, the, the Bible tells us in, in, in Acts 8 that when, wherever they went, even when they went down to Samaria, they, it's like people are saying that the, these guys who have turned the world upside down, they even call them small gods, have come to our town. You see, they were that influential. They had impact. They had substance. They had influence. They were making a difference for the kingdom of God in people's lives everywhere they went. But that was after the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus uh, uh, told them, go and wait until the Holy Spirit don't do anything else because you don't have what it takes. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to give you what it takes to continue in my footsteps, to continue in my assignment, in my work, in my uh, great commission to live righteously, to live supernaturally. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Dear friend, listen to this. Paul experienced the power of God, wrote 80% wrote of the New Testament, by revelation from the Holy Spirit. And he says, my preaching and my teachings were not in cunning cleverness of, of man's words. It was in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. It was not in the demonstration of, in, in, uh, of the intellectual powers. You know, it was not in the demonstration of you know, how uh, good an orator 
he, he was i'm sure he was a good orator he was an educated man he i mean he tells you i'm a pharisee of the pharisee i mean he he was all that but he tells us that his preaching was not just intellectual it was in the demonstration of the spirit and the power of god so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom but on god's power this is the meaning of pentecost Pentecost is about power, is about God writing his heart on our hearts, writing his words on our hearts, you know, transforming, imparting to us the very mind of God, the very mind of Christ by the Spirit. It's about empowering us to live righteously, supernaturally as part of our everyday life. And the third point is the meaning of Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit empowers you on mission to live on mission he empowers me to live on god's mission each and every day he empowers you that's the meaning it's not about all the other things that we are putting around it's not about listen to this i love denominations and all these labels but you know what that's not what God is all about. I mean, we created that. God didn't create all that. He did not. He can care less whether I label myself this or that. But what he cares is that I walk and live in the reality of Pentecost, of what he has poured out for me to be able to do what he has put me on earth to do while I wait. Okay? While I wander and live on these temporary tents here on earth, he's called me and has given me the Holy Spirit to empower me to live righteously, to live supernaturally, and to live on mission. That my, my, my sight and my focus, I zero in on the things that are above, not beneath. Because the things that are of this world and of this earth, they perish, they're temporal. You know, David said, life is a vapor. It is here today and tomorrow is gone. What we all have is that that we have done for God, in God, with love and with faith for the glory of God. That's what we have. And so the meaning of Pentecost was to empower the early church to live righteously and live supernaturally and to live on God's mission until God Jesus comes back and takes us all. Now listen to this statement as I finish. Being filled with the Holy Spirit does not make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Being filled with the Holy Spirit does not make you better than anybody else, but it makes you better than you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit takes you, the weak, fearful, feeble person, and he begins to do a work on the inside of you. He begins to transform you and transfigure you from the inside out. He says, come as you are, but I'm not going to leave you the same way I met you. I'm going to change your life for Jesus. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to empower you to overcome sin and iniquity and all the things that are contrary to God's nature of holiness and righteousness. I'm going to empower you to live righteously. Dear friend, you are not left
to yourself. You are not left to fend for yourself to try to go through life trying to do the law and to fulfill it. That's why, you know, in all religion, men have failed because it was not by the cunning cleverness of man. It's not by the human arm of strength. It is always, from beginning to end, it is by my spirit, says the Lord. So if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, or you are not sure that you have a solid relationship with Jesus, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I confess that I have sinned against God. I am a sinner. But I need a Savior. And you are that Savior. I confess you are the Son of God. God raised you from the dead. Forgive my sin. Wash me with your precious blood. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to do your will and live for you. Lord Jesus, I open the door to my heart and to my whole life. Come in. Fill me with your life, with the fullness of your life from this day going forward. I am yours. I am saved. Amen. Dear friend, you have said that prayer as simple as it was. If you said it from your heart, you meant it, Jesus has saved you. He has come into your heart. And right now, from this moment on, the Holy Spirit is in you and is with you. And is beginning a work to empower you, to transform you, to live righteously, to live supernaturally, and to live on his mission. So, dear friend, our viewer and listener, I encourage you as we finish uh, to make an investment into this ministry. I invite you to sow into this ministry and help us to continue to share the gospel and make disciples of all nations. Write to us, Kingdom Impact Ministry. The information is on your screen. Or send us an email. You can give online on our website. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I want to hear your testimonies of what God is doing and how this message is changing your life. May God bless you, God loves you, and so do we here. Amen. As a believer, the keys to the supernatural are in your hands, and with them you can access your inheritance. In his newest book, Working the Works of God, Dr. Andrew teaches us how, through the glory of God and His anointing, we are empowered to move past our human abilities and function in the supernatural realm, where nothing is impossible. Order your copy today. To become a Kingdom Impact Ministry partner or sow a financial seed, Call us toll-free, 1-855-41-VOICE. That's 1-855-418-6423. Or log on to www.kingdomimpactministry.org. Watch Andrew on the Kingdom Come Broadcast 24-7 online at kingdomimpactministry.org and on our Kingdom Impact Ministry TV channels available on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Android TV. 
To stream on the go, get the Kingdom Impact Ministry mobile app for Apple and Android devices from the App Store today. To receive prayer, order resources, or to become a partner with Kingdom Impact Ministry, call us toll-free, 1-855-41-VOICE. That's 1-855-418-6423, or visit us online at kingdomimpactministry.org. You can also write to us at Kingdom Impact Ministry, P.O. Box 2073, Montrose, Colorado, 81402. This broadcast is a presentation of Kingdom Impact Ministry and is made possible by the grace of God, faithful prayers, and gifts from partners and viewers like you.